On this episode of Geek 4, I am thrilled to welcome back Emily Strand. You may remember Emily as the co-host of the Academic Harry Potter podcast, Potterversity. Last time she was here, we talked all about her love of Harry Potter. But she's also explore, expanded her, her, her passions and fandoms. She's the co-editor with Amy Sturgis, who will be a guest on an upcoming episode, of Star Wars Essays Exploring a Galaxy Far, Far Away, an academic anthology due out in 2023 from Vernon Press. There's also a companion volume from the same publisher on Star Trek. Emily was one of the talking heads, along with me, in the documentary The Science Fiction Makers. That's how Emily and I connected. And over the past little while, Emily has really explored her love of science fiction, particularly Star Wars and Star Trek, in a very particular way. Emily uses her creativity and her skills as a sewist to create film-authentic costumes for herself and for others. It's a very particular expression of fandom, but one I was fascinated to get into. Hope you enjoy. This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? Emily, welcome back to Geek 4. How have you been? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been great. I've been very busy, um, but in all in all the best ways. So so thanks for having me back. Oh, happy to. Uh, last time we talked about J.K. Rowling, but you've also, in the last little while, kind of explored Star Wars in a very particular way. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Can you talk to me about your coming to Star Wars? Because I understand you came a little later in, in life. <laughs> I was very late to the cantina party. Yes. Um, I, uh, you know, Star Wars was just kind of part of the cultural background for me for many years. Um, I remember being kind of taken along in a group of people when I was in college to go see the Phantom Menace. Um, I'm in so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, I was just along for the ride. I had no dog in the race. I was like, wow, you guys have some really strong reactions to that guy with the eye stalks. I'm just intrigued by it. I didn't really like his pants, but otherwise I thought he was fine, you know? Yeah. And, um, but otherwise I just, I was not invested at all um, in those films, I, I remember having the mistaken impression as a child that they, because my brothers were into Star Wars, mm -hmm. and I had the mistaken impression that they were for boys. And so I was kind of like, well, this isn't my thing. So, and it was funny because when I was pregnant with my son, who is now 11, uh -huh. we went to the appointment where we, we wanted to find out uh, his sex. And so um, they told us, and I just, for some reason, I had it in my mind that he was going to be a girl. Like I just kind of thought I was going to have a girl. And so when they said it's a boy, the first thing that popped into my mind was we're going to do Star Wars together. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why the universe or the force or whatever put that in my head. But that's what I thought. And so that has really proven true. So in 2015, I didn't even know that there was a, a reboot coming. I didn't know about the Disney transfer. Um, I didn't know about any of that. But Signum University, where I have taken um, many classes uh, on literature, popular culture, various things like that, Tolkien studies and all that stuff. I've taken Harry Potter courses and science fiction courses there. Um, great online institute. Um, Amy Sturgis, who is uh, a friend and collaborator now, but she was going to teach a course on Star Wars. And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to speak that language you know, I've always wanted to be able to converse with people about Star Wars. So I'll go ahead and take the class. I'll just audit it because I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to like Star Wars. I, I'm kind of a nonviolent person, so I don't really like things with wars in the title, you know. Mm -hmm. So 
probably why I avoided it for many years. So I was like, I'm going to dive in with this course. And, um, and I just ended up like absolutely really enthralled is the right word because I'm, you know, at, I'm at a point where I'm just like, hey, Star Wars, just take my money. <laughs> just, just take my money. I love what you're giving me. I love every iteration. And they will take your money. And they will take my money. And it's a good relationship, you know? Oh, so, um, so yeah, so I got, I got super into, you know, I got super into the prequels. It was actually the prequels that I watched the original trilogy and I was like, wow, I really like that old Ben Kenobi. And then I watched the prequels and I got to the, the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. And I was just sitting there on my couch watching this for the first time, watching the Mustafar scenes and the Duel of the Fates. And I'm just sobbing. I mean, just absolutely. And, and I just have to give props to any entertainment that can elicit that kind of emotional response yeah. um, in me, who's really not that emotional of, you know, I'm not somebody who sits there sobbing at movies all the time. Feelings so, are stupid. Feelings are stupid. No. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, uh, but I just fell so in love with Anakin and Obi-Wan and their relationship and the way it was evolving and the way I could see it heading for tragedy. But like Obi-Wan, I, I didn't know how to stop it, you know? <laughs> it's like, so it just, it got me. I've, I've, enjoyed the sequels not as much as the rest of the films mm -hmm. i've enjoyed the other movies that have come out the tv era is just magic for me i've just loved every single show that's come out um you know including like animated shows like the bad batch and rebels rebels is some of my favorite star wars so so yeah so that's kind of how i've i've gotten into it um and so now i've kind of gone whole hog into the costuming too, but that's probably something you want to. Yes. Yes. About. I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, no, I, it strikes me and I've kind of had this, this epiphany. I had it a few years ago when I went and saw one of the last of the, the, the new trilogies and I was there with my niece and I was like, oh, okay, like this isn't doing it for me anymore. Um, it's interesting, but I found some of the the choices. It was the last one because they mm -hmm. they, they undid some of the interesting things I thought they yes. did with the, the second one. Yeah. Um, and I understand fan backlash and all that stuff. And I was just like, uh, okay, it's. The... And she was so into it. She I can't mm. remember how old she was at the time, like maybe ten or eleven. And she was like, her face was just like, and I'm like, oh, this is for her. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I still have this. There is this like appeal that star wars has for me that that made even even though i'm not as hardcore into it as i was and mm -hmm. i was the kid the the prequels came out when i was in university and mm -hmm. like i grew up loving the films like you know i can can mark when i when i saw empire strikes back return of the jedi we would play star wars all the time mm -hmm. and the idea that they're returning this and i was the kid or i was the 20 something year old sitting in the theater going like it, it's going to get better it's it's going to get better uh, <laughs> it didn't and i was like oh, okay all right well okay. i mean it's, technically it did get yeah, better eventually you know? two <laughs> films later uh but but you're right. It does have this, it's telling these big stories. It's telling these kind of archetypal stories mm -hmm. of betrayal and friendship and, 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 you know, all of those, the hero journey, it all and, kind of works. Well, and on a bigger scale about tyranny and the onset yeah. of tyranny and how, and how it can be resisted, you know, mm -hmm. and why it should be resisted. Yeah. And, and that's the part of the prequels that I, that caused me to be able to look past, you know, the bad, you know, uh, overuse of CGI, 
you know, which, I mean, if you think about it, they were overusing CGI, but at the same time, they were also blazing a trail in, in yeah. filmmaking with yeah. CGI. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, no matter what you say about Ahmed Best in terms of his portrayal of um, Jar Jar Binks and the character Jar Jar Binks, he was still the first fully animated character in a film, you know, I mean, uh -huh. it's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, so I have to say the politics of it, like Attack of the Clones is absolutely my favorite Star Wars film. I, I, mm. I know it's not the best Star Wars film, but it's definitely my favorite. I'm sitting here in my Dex's Diner t-shirt <laughs> that I wore specially for this conversation. It's a big favorite of mine. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, and but the political intrigue mm. in that film um, and the political maneuvering that's happening by the various characters, especially Palpatine, mm -hmm. you know, is really striking and I think is really edifying for those of us who have trouble recognizing the encroachment of tyranny in our own societies yeah, that might um, be particularly relevant at this point in time oh my yeah absolutely it's it's bowled me over with the relevance and and mm -hmm. and that's why and then you know the other thing about the prequels is that just like what you said with your niece is that um i saw how funny my son thought jar jar binks was mm -hmm. he thinks he was hilarious he thinks annie was great loved mm -hmm. little annie mm -hmm. loved all that stuff loved qui-gon you know i mean that that film just just Qui Gon Jinn alone in that film is worth the price of admission, you know. Yeah. So so that's these these are the kind of perspectives that let me just kind of let go and love Star Wars, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So you get into costuming and mm. you're creating these beautiful costumes. I've seen some of them. So what makes you want to explore your fandom in this particular way? So the short answer is Boba Fett. <laughs> The, the short, short answer, answer to, to many everything. things is yeah. Boba Fett. Yeah. Pretty much is Boba yeah. Fett. So um, I was one of these people, I remember asking the question in Amy Sturgis's Star Wars course, what is the deal with Boba Fett? Why are people so into him? Like, what? what is, who cares? Like, yeah, is I it because- I would love to know her answer. Yeah, well, I mean, she had some good answers. She, you know, she talked about his, the ambiguity of the character where, mm -hmm. you know, you don't see his face. You don't even know the sex of the person wearing that costume necessarily mm -hmm. um, because he's not a big strapping. I mean, honestly, Tim Morrison is more of a big strapping guy than, than uh, um, Jeremy uh, Bullock was who wore mm -hmm. the original suit. Um, and so, and there's just a mystique about him because he has so few lines. He's got this really interesting presence. The costume is, is just a revolution in costuming, you know? Yeah. And um, I got to dress uh, a Boba Fett just last weekend. Uh, oh. I, it's always fun. I'm always like, hey, hey, anybody need help dressing? Like you, Bubba, you. <laughs> He's what like, okay, you, creep. <laughs> what did you do this weekend? I dressed a Boba Fett. That sounds like a euphemism, <laughs> but I, I know it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. Oh. I like to dress the Bobas and the Vaders. They're, it's a lot of fun because it's fun to see how their costumes come together. But anyway, so so when I... So I didn't care much about Boba Fett at all. Mm -hmm. But then when season two of The Mandalorian came out, and I was really into that show, mm -hmm. and and I had loved Tim Morrison's portrayal of Jango Fett in the in the prequels, um, really had enjoyed him as an actor. And um, when he showed up in that show, wearing basically his Tuscan jammies, and then sticking his his old armor over top of it, and then just like 
freaking out all over these stormtroopers, you know, I mean, which he he's qualified to do both in armor and out of armor, mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly. I just fell in love with his character all over again. Um, and I really wanted to do that version of Boba Fett. I really, that was my first ever costuming goal, um, was the Mandalorian uh, version of his, his, you know, armor, the repainted and everything. Well, that led me to kind of just doing some internet research about like the possibilities of that and like what, why I would do this or where I would wear this. And, and so that led me to the 501st, which is um, uh, kind of the premier Star Wars costuming organizations, Lucasfilm affiliated. And I had heard about the 501st before, but I, I guess it was more of an abstraction to me until I like found their website and I was like, oh, uh, this is like a thing you can join, like, you know, and so I started going, oh, I really want to do this. Look at what these people go out and do, which is dress up as Star Wars characters. And and we're not talking about like, you know, your target off the rack, you know, bag costume, you know, or something that approximates it with some cardboard, you know, artfully, <laughs> artfully formed. Um, but these are screen accurate costumes that Lucasfilm actually sometimes employs the 501st in as extras and background characters in their in their shows so they there were 501st members in the obi-wan kenobi show there were 501st members in the mandalorian in those scenes with boba fett and um so so it began and then of course there's the sister organization which is the rebel legion which is the good guys so the bad the 501st are the bad guys and the rebel legion are uh the good guys and there are others uh other groups like the mandalorian mercs and um the droid builders and so uh, there's this whole network of people who love Star Wars, who think critically about Star Wars all the time because they have to to recreate mm-hmm. these characters on their person, and who go out and wear their costumes in order to raise money for charity or to make people happy at charitable events or mm-hmm. at uh, conventions um, to com- kind of demonstrate their craft. I mean, they're just, they're amazing makers. They're amazing um artists uh and i just really wanted to be part of that and so i i ended up joining the rebel legion um i haven't joined the 501st yet but i am working on it can you join both can you oh yeah oh yeah spread that line between dark and light yeah (laughs) you can in this world you can (laughs) so i have a couple of jedi i i'm a sewist so i know how to sew so starting with soft a soft costume was um the right choice for me so i uh i have a couple of jedi that I wear, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's super fun um, to go out and to smile for pictures with people and just make people happy. I had a little girl come up to me one time at I was at the uh, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I said I was at the Columbus Clippers Star Wars night, and there was a big group of us walking around taking pictures with people. And this little little girl dressed as Ray came up to me and and she said in a real low voice, "I didn't know there would be any other girl Jedi here," <laughs> and I was like. Mm, honey, I am here. You are here and I am here and we are here. <laughs> well, it goes back to your your comment a few minutes ago about mistakenly believing that these were films for boys. Yep. And I yep. like I mean that was definitely the impression. I didn't I didn't internalize it at the time, but like boys like Star Wars and the girls kind of hung out and like right. but they didn't watch it. They would play with us. But look, but yeah. there was nothing inherently gendered about about Nope. the shows and it's really you know seeing my niece get so into it was like really kind of edifying for me because 
I th- I think like a lot of my contemporary, my female contemporaries missed out on something that they really would have liked, or actually did like it more than they were allowed to mm-hmm. let let mm-hmm. let be known. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so well done you for for being the other girl Jedi. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and and uh, the story continues because now it hasn't gone through yet, but um, I did put stormtrooper armor on my wish list for Christmas. It looks like that is going to happen. <laughs> so I will hopefully join the ranks of only a handful of women in the state of Ohio who do wear the TK armor. So it's going to be a process. It's going to take a long time uh, to trim that armor out and, and fit it to my form and get all the accoutrement, uh, you know, that goes with it and um, and everything. But I am seriously looking forward to that prospect. <laughs> that is awesome and there better be pictures online of this. Oh, oh yeah that's the point yeah I love, we love it when people come up to us and say can we take your picture of course <laughs> we're like why do you course. think we're here of course <laughs> we live for people taking yeah. our pictures I, I, if if i got to wear a mask i would let my picture be taken a lot more often let's be honest <laughs> That is nice about the helmeted characters, you know. Um, I've had a couple of really funny moments where I was posing for a picture, and the person on the other side of the camera was like, Emily? (laughs) Right here. That would be me. (laughs) Yep, yep. So, yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, people from my church, I'm just like, hey, now you know what I do on my Saturdays. You know, you already knew what I did on my Sundays. (laughs) Now you know what I do on my Saturdays. Exactly. It's And, you know, for the different things that people can do, I think that this is beautiful and, and wonderful. And I would much rather spend time putting my energies into something like this than like dressing up and going to a sports game. Like not that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was somehow that's sure. acceptable yeah. um, or or more more culturally acceptable. Yes. Um, but, you know, yes. the, the joy that you brought to that young girl is, I mean, that's that's beautiful. That's it, absolutely. It, it really beautiful. is. I'm I'm so glad you brought up the sports analogy because I was just thinking that the other day. I was just thinking like, you know, it, that is a good way to explain it to somebody who's having a hard time. You know, a lot of people are embracing it and mm-hmm. and I don't we don't get a lot of pushback. Honestly, no. people are usually so impressed by our costumes that they're kind of beyond the why question and the, the yeah. wow question, you know. And um but I was I was just thinking that the sports thing is a good way to to explain it to somebody. You know, you wouldn't think of about anybody putting on a jersey and going to a to a, a college football game, you know, no. but you know, when you do it it's pretty elaborate when you do it yeah. in Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious about like what kind of connections and friendships and things you've made in these communities. Like these are people who are blessed with a particular skill because the 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 intricacy of the costumes that I've seen you post like not mm-hmm. everyone can do that mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm curious about like coming with the the love of both the culture the 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 popular culture piece the the Star Wars right. piece but also the skill level to do this yes yes I mean they're true makers you know mm-hmm. many of them are true makers um, it's first of all there's all kinds of people um, we have all kinds of people we have um, one of my uh, fellow Jedi, and she's got a million costumes. Actually, uh, she's a she makes draperies um, for her for a living. Yeah, she's a and she's a younger person. You know, she's it's kind of interesting because you would not think of that that as a younger person's career, but she's a sewist. Yeah, and uh, she um, she has all manner of she. It's like she gravitates toward the the hardest costumes. You know, so she's going for the sateen crees and um, the Padme and mm. the you know all these oh. She, um, there's another woman who um, I'm not sure what she does in the real world, but um, 
but she's going for a Garza Fwip, who was in the, the the sort of madam of the sanctuary in the the new Boba Fett show, who who just it was a she was played by Jennifer Beals, mm. and just amazing, amazing, beautiful costumes uh, with the Twi'lek headtails, you know, mm -hmm. that she has. I, I saw her at a con recently, and she had she just had her headtails like laying over her arm. <laughs> it's like the weirdest looking thing ever. <laughs> um, you know, you have people who have a totally different. Um, career having nothing to do really with Star Wars. Um, one of my Boba Fett friends is uh, uh, Craig. He's a naturalist uh, for our, you know, uh, our Metro Park system. And, mm -hmm. um, but he is so, it's so interesting to watch him deal with his costume because he's got this laminated checklist, you know, because he knows there's so many component pieces to that. He's got this laminated checklist, and if he doesn't follow it, he's going to end up taking twice as long. He's going to have to take a bunch of stuff off to put that thing he missed on, you know. So mm. it's he's got this affinity for um, rules and organization and things like that that he's bringing to his costume. And I, and I also love how he is just his costume is never no part is ever broken, no part is ever you know he's always just like totally on point. Mm. Um, we have lots of Vaders. All the Vaders are divas. They'll they'll tell you that up front. That they're divas of some kind, but they're all also super fun. I Vader's have really, really limited visibility. Mm. Um, many, many costumers have limited visibility. So a lot of times um, I will either handle in my Jedi costume or I will just wear uh, like what I'm wearing now, like a Star Wars t-shirt or whatever. Um, we have kind of official club shirts too that we sometimes we wear. So I will just go along with them and just keep them out of trouble and um, save the lives of young children who wander in front of them. <laughs> so that's why Vader's always have an entourage. V yep, they yep. They can't see. Yeah, he oh, can't that makes, see. That makes he, perfect sense. He can't see below his chin because if you think about the way, and I'm gesturing here, the way that the, the, the helmet sweeps out from his neck the chin juts out yeah it juts out beyond his eyesight and so and he, he really can't see a single thing um boba can see much better because of the t-visor the mandos can oh. see better because the, the t-visor goes down the center and he can see to the floor in front of him okay so um uh, so boba is... fets are much less likely to step on small children than Vader. exactly okay they're well, well, he, you know, yeah they're... There. Boba Boba can wander through the convention or through the event, and and I don't worry about him. But I'm constantly worried about my Vader's because, um, I, and in fact, I had one almost go down uh, because uh, he was there was something some part of his costume that was a little bit it needed adjustment or something, and it was it was basically cutting off his air. <laughs> it was oh. the the chain on his cape. The chain on his cape was was sliding back and choking him. Oh, and so I you know karma. I don't know, but. <laughs> character karma not for him personally well, i don't I, know he may, may have been a terrible person i don't know this person at all so <laughs> let's assume he, not he but okay is actually this guy is actually six eight oh. and actually has a prosthetic leg oh which is super interesting you know that this is yeah. what he chooses to do yeah so there's i mean and he walks in he walked into the changing room and i was there and i said let me guess who you're here to dress as <laughs> <laughs> he's like yep typecast <laughs> yeah so um you know so there are all types of people you know i um i was talking to a vader who was um kind of putting on all his gear in our changing room and i was i was at the event to to handle for him so i was just kind of waiting on him and we were chit-chatting and he's a a physician um mm -hmm. and he's young he's probably he's under 35 i would say and he was telling me all about He's a fairly new member of the 501st, and he was telling me all about 
how the experience of um, being a healthcare professional during COVID caused him to want to do this because it's something that he can do that is both for him and it's outwardly focused. Mm. And he he really felt like he needed something that was really for him, but also outwardly focused that he could focus his attention on that's not that's not work. And he, you know, he talked about how traumatic it was for healthcare workers during the the oh. pandemic. And and you know, he and his wife made this decision. They have young children, but he and his wife made this decision that yeah, he wanted to spend some of his disposable income on because at Vader, you know, you can you can spend three to four thousand dollars on a Vader costume, and um, you know, these are serious. <laughs> this is serious gear. A significant you know? investment, right? Exactly, yeah. and and he's telling me all this while he's putting on a um, a padded like a muscle vest. <laughs> I'm like, where else do you get this this experience? <laughs> Don't have in this really serious conversation while somebody dons their muscle vest. It's yes. just great. Oh. You know? So so we really do have all kinds of people, but their maker skills are just so impressive. Um, a lot of three D print print uh, people who can who can do that really expertly, which I'm impressed by because it's such a new technology and yeah, um, just beautiful beautiful handiwork um, in the five hundred first and in the Rebel Legion and the other clubs. That's great. Could you send me some photos and I'll put them up on my website and link to it in the in the show notes so people can see exactly what we're talking about? Because I've seen I've seen some of your stuff online, but like to just have it in one place. I will be thrilled to do that. All right. All right. So I'll listeners look for those in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. It's so good to reconnect. For me too. Thank you so much for having me. I do feel a little ripped off that like our documentary came out during pandemic, the pandemic. (laughs) Somebody right. pointed out that I never put the preposition in. I never put the the in the pandemic, and it's like so, something I'm super self conscious about. It. It's like an era. The that pandemic, you're yeah. During pandemic, during, during pandemic, yes. wartime. Once upon a time, during <laughs> pandemic, no, the pandemic. Our our documentary came out, and it never got. It never got a. a premiere. It never like it was just yeah. kind of came out, and it there's no well. red carpet event for us. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna have it screened at the university I was teaching at at the time oh. and just never never materialized, but yeah, I'm very yeah. proud of that work and yeah, and, uh, yeah, same. So, I was just thinking out I, I want to watch that again sometime that was that was good i but I, apparently it's done some good work in terms of um shedding light on uh the um the author that we were talking about who's uh, escaping me right now Victor Rousseau Rousseau Victor yeah. Rousseau, yes, yeah. yes, and so um. So yeah, so I'm glad that there's a little bit more awareness of him and his yeah. contributions. So yeah. Yeah. every once in a while, it pops up into my sphere in weird ways, and and uh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm super proud of that work. I'm yeah. glad I got to connect with you over it because that Indeed. was definitely uh, a highlight. And um, where can people find you on social media and see some of your awesome creations, the ones that I don't post or keep up with things as you join the dark side? Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I um, my website is emilystrand.com. I haven't yet carved out a costuming niche on that website, but I, I'm inspired by this conversation. I'm you going should. to, so I definitely should. will. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely thinking about shifting the focus of the, of that website too. Um, and the amount then, of work that you're putting into this, I mean, it's certainly more fun yeah. than reading footnotes. <laughs> 
that is true. <laughs> it's totally true. Um, and plus, you know, it's like it all feeds into the work that I do, the editing yeah. work and the publishing stuff that I do. So, you know, um, again, I'm I'm kind of over other people's opinions of of whether or not it's an okay thing to do. I'm like, no, nope, uh, it is. Um, so I'm on Twitter, but who knows if Twitter will still be there, you know, tomorrow. I keep or... waiting for the the After apocalypse. Lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at hey, EKC hey. Strand on Twitter. Uh, I host the podcast, co-host the podcast Potterversity, and I uh, co-host another podcast called Meet Father Rivers, and those both have social media presences as well, so people can check me out in all those different venues. All right. I'll link to those in the show notes. Again, thank, thank you, so you for much. your time. It's so lovely to see you. Okay, you too. Take care. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for. <laughs>